All right, and we're going out to Milwaukee. The Games and Grub podcast. Hey, well, what are we calling this? Grubs and Games? Games and Grubs? Games and Grubs. So, Games and Grubs. All right. Games and Grub. Best podcast on the planet. How are we doing? Thanks for supporting the Games and Grub. Shout out Games and Grub Radio. Friendship with the Games and Grub podcast. Welcome yeah. to Games and Grub. I appreciate your patience tonight. It's been a moment since I've done some public speaking. I find nowadays it's, you know... Best to keep quiet. But uh, sometimes you just gotta let it out. Young angel and young lion. You know what it is. Uh, look, I'm the property of October. I ain't drive here, I got chauffeur. Bring me champagne, flutes, rose, and some shots she over. She is Miss Jenny Fisher. I'm- Jenny, how are you? That was like the best introduction. It was better than anything I could have dreamed of. <laughs> I mean this wholeheartedly. Marquette is one of the best places in the world, and I'm sure you guys have gotten to experience that in one way or another. But I think my biggest thing, and it's one of the things that Marquette taught me, is like you take advantage of the opportunities that you're privileged to have. And I I was grateful for everything that I was able to do while I was there. Um, and I think it's just because obviously the school's motto is be the difference, but like people actually live it out. They hold doors for each other. Um, and something that like my friend and I joke at the NCAA about all the time is like, we call it throwing lobs. And like you throw lobs to people that you know can throw down and like Marquette is full of people that throw lobs. They wanna help you out. They wanna give you the assist. So for me, it's just, I would advise people at Marquette to, you know, take advantage of those opportunities, go out of your way, meet people, build relationships, and try something that you maybe haven't tried before because what better a time than college? Marquette was so um, influential on the person that I became. You know, it is like a broadcaster and reporter, but mostly person. Um, I think when I look back now, and obviously I have. 20 plus years of uh, hindsight behind me in college, but I loved um, I loved going to a school where people cared about each other and where service was really important. And I think that that um, that experience really led me to wanting to to give back no matter what I did, and that really shaped that part of my life. Um, journalistically, I, I mean, to me, Marquette was such a great place to go to school because not only did you have a great department, both print and broadcast, and when I was looking at schools and trying to decide where to go, um, you know, obviously I toured um, University of Wisconsin-Madison as well, and I remember the, the difference between the two tours being so, so starkly um, opposite. And listen, Wisconsin's a great school. I mean, obviously I hate the Badgers because I'm a Marquette grad. Uh, <laughs> right. Even though there's, on my mom's side, there's six cousins and four of the six went to and graduated from Wisconsin. So oh, a little bleep. bit of a black sheep. Um, but it just, I remember, I just remember that had leaving such a lasting impression on me that Marquette, right from the jump, I really cared about people and really cared about the students and prospective students and cultivating those relationships and really showing you what the university had to offer. And I, that like that one little thing is something I will never, ever forget. Way to go, Bridget. We have a submission from fan of the show, Marin McClowry. What is a Carillon? Oh my gosh. First of all, Marin would ask this. We had 
We took the Carillon bell ringing class at Marquette, which is a class. Um, you can learn how to play the big Carillon in the big bell tower by Jay Zoo with the big clock on it. And so, like every Friday, we had we were playing the Carillon, and I don't. They made us memorize the the definition of a Carillon. I don't remember it anymore, which is awful. <laughs> but it's something about like a set of bells, and it. I don't know. It was just a cool class. Also, if you're looking, I think it's only in the fall, but. Um, it was actually really cool to be able to play the bells on campus. Games and Grub, best podcast on the planet. How we doing? Actually, one of my like best guy friends from Marquette, Ben Weiberg, who worked in Marquette Athletics with me for our whole stint in college. He's he's the best. He said something to me, and I never like thought about it or took it to heart until I was like, whoa, that's really true. He said, everyone is my friend until they're not. And he just treats people like they're his friend. And it's genuine, and he means it, because he's like, you know, like, we're all in this together kind of it sounds so dumb and it sounds a little fake but at the same time it's like i'm going to treat people like they're a friend of mine and i'm going to be genuine with and authentic because i think for me especially like as a journalism major like i and just who i am i'm genuinely curious and like i like to get to know people i like to ask questions and hear about their lives and I think, yeah, riding the line of not being schmoozy or doing it for like uh, a means to an end is super important. And the way that you do that, like I said, is treat them as people. You don't think about what they can get you. You think about like the relationship that you can build with them. And if something comes out of it, then that's wonderful. But that's not the reason why you became friends with your friend, you know? So treat it as more of like a, a friendship, a good relationship. And kind of going from there um, has really paid off for me. Games and Grub, best podcast on the planet. How we doing? You've been you've been very vocal and, and open about uh, losing your mother's suicide ten years ago, and how it's part of your story. And I know every single college student listening to this, and anyone anyone listening, goes through hardships. I know I've gone through doubts, relationship issues, even just last year. You know, my freshman year of college, but I know that I've you know come out of those so much more knowledgeable, aware, thankful. So I echo your previous quote when I say that you know I know where I'm supposed to be in life but but how have you dealt with with your hardship and turn it into such an outstanding career yeah and i appreciate you bringing it up because i think sometimes people like tend to put that kind of stuff under the rug and kind of shy away from it and when i look at the hardship parts of it it's like that's kind of who i am and whether it's you know losing someone who obviously was super close to me and like i mean my mom would love to see like what i'm doing right now like i think about that all the time she played basketball at marquette she was part of ncaa women's basketball when it was becoming an ncaa sanctioned sport and now i'm on the other end where i am getting to you know interview these ncaa women's basketball players and I'm, I'm like gosh I just wish I could pick up the phone and call it and be like hey like check this out because I know that she would love it um but for me it's it's kind of taking those hardships and realizing that there is something good to come out of it one of my favorite quotes is don't ask for a lighter load but a stronger back and so kind of leaning on that in the sense of like look bad things are going to happen 
time, but they're there to make you stronger. And I think it's something that's especially relevant now because people are losing jobs. They're losing loved ones um, because of this pandemic going on. And so obviously there's no timetable, but knowing that there's a plan for all of this um, and just kind of keeping that mindset and keeping a strong head on your shoulders to know that, you know, bad things may happen, but it's not for nothing. You have a job in, in reporting, you know, other people's stories and achievements, but I think you have such a unique story yourself, um, not only being from Wisconsin, but in coming, coming to New England, a whole other part of the country, but you've also been very vocal about mental health awareness and um, your personal battles and how it's part of your story. Um, I know every single college student listening to this and anyone listening goes through hardships, myself included, but um, how have you dealt with the hardships of not only the past life, but also today during, during COVID-19? Um, this is a great question. Um, I mean, I think what's helped in the last, since I started talking publicly about it is just talking publicly about it, right? Like lifting that veil of shame and embarrassment, um, of feeling like, am I the only one who feels broken? Like my brain isn't working the same way. Um, you know, I think that's really important. And I'm so glad that, you know, when I was in college, I don't ever remember, I don't even think like mental health was like a term that we used or it was something that anyone talked about. Where now, and I'm so proud, another reason I'm so proud of Marquette is I, I feel like they've really been at the forefront of offering services to students and being really thoughtful and mindful about how much, how prevalent it is in our society, especially among young people who are now under, I mean, you know, people have always been under pressure, but I think it's a different kind of pressure now for your generation versus mine. You know, I never had to, I never had to miss something and then go on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or TikTok. I don't even know all of them. As Bill Belichick <laughs> would say, you know, you covered most of the bases there. Yes, all of the, all of the. Uh, what is? I don't even know. What he likes to call it like face scan and stuff. You know, like, oh, like, Belichick. Belichick loves to make fun Not of um, social yeah. media, but it's it does make things harder because you can't escape anything, right? Um, and that's really hard in my profession. So I just try my best to minimize um, what I what I allow into my like my social media feeds, um, kind of tailoring it and, and paring it down. And that doesn't mean not being open to people whose opinions are different than mine. But if you're going to use it as an attack platform, I just block you or I don't allow comments on certain things. I'm really careful about you know how I allow people to speak to me. Um, uh, in those forums. Uh, but for college kids who are just trying to deal with the daily grind, I, and even now with not having like a set schedule, for me during COVID, it's been, for one thing that's really helped is we're still working, we're still putting shows on every night. So Monday through Friday, my, my day is not much different than it would be other than I'm like haven't showered at 117 and normally I'd be at the office by now. <laughs> uh, but you know, having like a schedule of keep of like kind of forcing yourself to set the alarm and get up in the morning. Um, you know, say from you know ten until one o'clock, I'm gonna read or do. If you're, I don't know how you guys are handling. If you're still doing school online or where you are at the semester, but from this time to this time, I'm gonna do schoolwork, and then I'm gonna give myself a lunch break like I normally would, and then I'm gonna go for a walk. And if you just like write those things down, and honestly, that's how I live my normal life, even when we're not in COVID. Like I'm a big believer in like writing things down, putting things on a schedule, 
and giving yourself something, some accountability, um, because I think otherwise it's really easy to like slip into, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. Oh, I should work out. Even though we know that exercise and fresh air is so important to our, our well-being, it's right. like, oh, it's it's raining or I'm tired today, which is fine. Some days you are just tired and you don't want to go do something. But I think, you know, keeping yourself accountable to stuff helps you stay on track and like create habits that are that are healthy and mindful um, for what you're doing. You're you're obviously very close with Coach Wojo, and you've talked about how he he brought you in after uh, your dad passed in 2015 from from a brain aneurysm. And first off, just what has Wojo meant to you in your life after that moment? And secondly, how has Marquette helped you, you know, overcome such adversity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Coach and Marquette and the whole Marquette community has been you know great. Um, it's actually just coming up on. It's just over five years now. On April eighth, my dad passed away. So, you know, going uh, just five years is really—it's gone by quickly. But it's also been—you know—it's been a good five years. Just feeling embraced by all of Marquette and our coaching staff and our players and the whole community. And as you said, Coach Wojo has really been great for me. You know, I've been learning from him as a as a guy that always wanted to coach. And uh, it's really no better person that I can learn from besides him and our, and our entire coaching staff. So I've really been lucky uh, over these last five years to be embraced by them and, and the entire Marquette community. Your best few lines of advice for young aspiring journalists and broadcasters. Oof. Man, you just gotta you just gotta stick to it, man. The vi- business is pretty volatile, and there's a lot of people that want to be in it. So. Like you're gonna be told told no a lot. You're gonna get knocked down a lot. Uh, you're gonna have doors slammed in your face a lot. Uh, you just gotta stick to it, man. If that's what you really want to do, you just gotta keep going at it. Keep going. Great. Thanks, Adam. The sandwich out of Marquette. So this was the latest, the latest Games and Grub installation. So on behalf of Games and Grub, we. We, in the draft season, in the NFL draft spirit, uh, I'm going to act as sort of the Mel Kuyper Jr. of, of the sandwiches. We got, we got eight submissions for Sandwich out of Marquette. Again, hat tip to Travis Scott. Go look at the lyrics. We're a family show, so you can go look at those. How Travis Scott referenced Marquette in a certain way, and you can get your brain spinning that way. But we're going to spin off what Travis Scott said and do Sandwich out of Marquette. Friendship with the Games and Grub podcast. Let's go to Rich Miller. Let's go to Richie Miller III, who threw in a buffalo chicken wrap made by Hingham High's Deli Queen, Mary. So this is, I love it because it's very family focused. He's obviously getting ties to the 781 right in there with this pick. It's a little reserved with the wrap not being a sandwich, but a buffalo chicken wrap. But every, but it, but it emerges. The flavor emerges more and more uh, subtly as as the career of the sandwich progresses. So naturally, my comparison, especially the spice coming in after this player retires, Peyton Manning. So Peyton is very family focused. Obviously, you hear a lot about his brothers. He's a little reserved, obviously not being the face, quote unquote, face of the NFL, especially as a quarterback. I think Brady was more of a personality than he was in his playing career, but emerging more and more over time, just like that flavor of the Buffalo chicken, Peyton 
Now he's on Peyton's Places, ESPN+. Plus. He's got this personality. He's going to be playing golf with Tiger. So especially after he retires, Peyton Manning has gained a lot more flavor, just like that aftertaste in that buffalo chicken wrap. And we've already, here at Games and Grub, we've already coined Peyton Manning. We've already compared him to a dorm building as well. We've already compared him to Straz Tower in Milwaukee because he has a huge forehead, just like Straz. So we've covered all the bases there with Peyton. Tom, I think this may be one of my crowning achievements. Meatball sub on an Italian or white bread with provolone cheese. I am Joey Bosa. Hear me out. Joey Bosa was the top defensive end in this class, I believe, and he's still an excellent football player. Defensive ends in the league right now are extremely valuable, but they're always going to be looked over by a quarterback or anything in a draft. So Joey Bosa was one of the top five picks, I'm pretty sure. One of the best. Every, like, yeah. matched up with any draft picks. Got overlooked because of a quarterback because he's defensive ends. They're not going to have the same impact as a quarterback does, even though they're one of the most important positions. But they're always reliable. You always need them. Any Italian restaurant has to have good meatballs and sauce. It's that simple. If you don't have it, it's not going to be a great Italian restaurant. I agree. 100%. Same thing with football teams. If you don't have don't have a good def- uh, defensive end, you're not going to be a great team. I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. A late submission from our buddy Ray. Also another Hingham submission. He commented, "Classic Ruben to the face." So I am a huge fan of this. Criminally, criminally underrated as a sandwich. I think. First, I want to shout out David Ayers, the Canadian emergency goalie for the Carolina Hurricanes. Everyone remembers that story in sports where the emergency goalie comes in. He was the first goalie in NHL history, emergency goalie, to get a win. And he appeared on one of my favorite podcasts, The DA Show, afterwards. And my man DA asked him, was there any pregame ritual? What are you doing before the game, before you get called in? And that night, he actually wolfed down a Reuben up in the 300 level, up in the Carolina Hurricanes arena. So naturally, they praised, praised the Reuben. And I, and I golf clapped it. You have to, I think the, the Reuben, again, is criminally underrated. I'm a huge fan of the Reuben. I also want to shout out Moe's Irish Pub, Milwaukee. Uh, my dad and I went there for dinner one night, had a Reuben, and they had they had some Reds. They had a random Red Sox game on up in Milwaukee. That was another hat tip that made me feel home again. But that just made me realize the power of the Reuben, how much it can influence a game, influence an offense. So, how about Ryan Tannehill? This guy, this guy can lead a team. This sandwich can lead a team. Hey, well, what do we call this? Grubs of games, games and grubs. Games and grubs. So, Games and grubs. All right. Yeah. So, how are you? How are you handling quarantine with with the Murata family? And and how do you do? Do you have any suggestions for the rest of us on, on how to spend time? My sisters are all in separate rooms right now. My mom's in a separate room. We just all stay away from each other. I think it's a bitter time, pretty much. So we don't drive each other crazy, but we're enjoying it, and uh, it's it's been fun. That's the, that's definitely the way to do it in quarantine. I see you uh, even picked up a little TikTok passion. Maybe for a, a little bit during this quarantine period. That was that was early on in the quarantine, like when we were thinking it might just last a week or two. So uh, that passion is kind of gone by the wayside a little bit now. 
it's all it's like TikTok's almost gotten old throughout this whole quarantine. But uh, yeah, that was fun. That was a good uh, good intro to it. I'm like sick of the whole thing now. Actually, <laughs> Drake Drake brought it to its peak with the with the two C yeah. slide, and now it's just going downhill. What do we call this? Grubs of games, games and grubs. Games and grubs. So, games and grubs. All right. Last one. Uh, one of my favorite tweets from you, and it's at Ben Steele MJS. <laughs> S-T-E-L-L-E. Uh, one of my favorites is this one from this February where you tweet here, existential question as I exited a darkened Finner pavilion by myself. I am confronted by a full beer yeah. sitting, on, sitting on a table. Should I have claimed it? And it's just a picture of a good old-fashioned yeah. beer sitting on the open table right after Villanova beats Marquette in February. you have any regrets on that one? No, especially now with this world that we're living in here. I think that was like, I think I just started reading about the coronavirus over in China and started spreading around then. That was around that time, like mid-February. So uh, now I'm very glad I did not drink some some strange random beer, uh, you know, at two o'clock in the morning or whatever that was. (laughs) Great. Thanks, Aiden. All right, this is the one I'm, I'm probably most excited for. So so our mutual friend, John Fanta at Fox Sports and, and Big East Digital had a great conversation with us a couple weeks ago. That, that episode can be found on our podcast feed everywhere. But Marcus Howard on Instagram proposed that John Fanta and you, Jenny Fisher, are the two media members who have a jump shot. And one of you... I forget who what proposed the one-on-one game between you two with Marcus Reffing, and we have retrieved an official statement from Mr. John Fanta himself on this one-on-one matchup. So I want to read it. All right. No way. The official statement is, and it starts with in all caps, official statement: colon. My jersey's on and the shoes are tied. The only thing we're waiting on is Jenny Fisher. I welcome any and all challenges and believe my girth inside will be the difference in a one-on-one matchup. (laughs) Jenny has a good jump shot, but I'm concerned with cutting off dribble penetration and being loud. This week, I'll be working on a mix for 15-foot fadeaways and ball handling. A three-mile morning run will be in our midweek workout plan. Game on. What say you, Jay Fish? Oh, by the way, I bought referee Marcus Howard two slices of Ian's pizza. Oh my god. <laughs> that, again, is John Fanta himself. That is the most... I talked to John Fanta for an hour the other night on the phone, and he didn't even mention this. So that's like... <laughs> snake. Like, come on. But, uh, no, that's, first of all, hilarious. Uh, second of all, my rebuttal to this is like, no offense, John Fanta. You're the best. You're the best at what you do. But I don't know if playing basketball is what you do or what you're the best at. Um, I've seen your jump shot. I can help you with it. And <laughs> and my my rebuttal to this is like, I mean, you just gotta look at the facts. Like, you know, I've played basketball my entire life. Uh, played club at Marquette, which is not Division One basketball, but you know, I was I was staying consistent. You know, putting up more shots, I'm sure, than he was. And for me, like even in the fall, little, just gonna sprinkle in a little bit of uh, you know, bragging rights here. 
I beat two Division I basketball players in horse in a leather jacket for a piece of content for NCAA women's basketball. I'm going to take that to my grave. They were from Syracuse. Uh, I won't mention their names to save them a little bit of embarrassment, but like, I, Marcus Howard hasn't even seen my jump shot. Like I've shot around at Pfizer before games and stuff. And like, I just, I don't know. I don't know if we're in the same, we just have to play and see. Hey, well, what do we call this? Grubs of games? Games and grubs? Games and grubs. So, games and grubs. All right. But I didn't know I wanted to do sports until I went away to college. Uh, because growing up, there weren't a lot of women in sports. Um, there were a few, um, but we didn't have cable growing up. So I wasn't exposed to ESPN like some other girls my age were. Um, so I didn't see the Linda Cones and the Hannah Storms and the Leslie Vissers really early on. Um, and so I actually was at the Wisconsin Oshkosh my freshman year in college watching a football game with a guy that I went to high school with, another high schooler that went to Oshkosh <laughs> I followed there. And we were watching the Packers. And um, I was complaining about something and we were talking about strategy. And he, I will never forget it. And these weren't his exact words, but the sentiment was, you should be a sports reporter. Girls like do that now. That's like a thing that girls can do. And wow. I was like, you know, that's not a bad idea. I love sport. I grew up in a huge sports crazy family, like baseball number one. We used to go to every opening day, all the Brewers games. Um, obviously, a huge Packers fa um, family. Uh, my family loved Marquette basketball. Like before I was even born, my parents went when they won the 77 championship. They went to the parade. That was wow. the year I was born. And my mom was pregnant with me. And they like pushed their way to the front with my mom, you know, like expanding belly to get through the crowd. So I feel like I was always destined to go to Marquette, but um, I grew up in that environment. It just didn't, you know, I have a friend here always says, you can't, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And I couldn't see it until I was a little bit older. Great. Thanks, Aiden. More attractive quarterback, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Oh, Aaron Rodgers. It's not even, it's not even close. Wow. Games and Grub, best podcast on the planet. How are we doing? That three-pointer senior year against against Southern, the picture is everywhere. Uh, Marquette basketball lore. Was that your favorite moment in, in your four years playing in the uniform, or is there another that sticks out? Uh, you know, I'd probably be lying if I didn't say that was my favorite. I, I, got, I got a little lucky on the shot. I don't usually hit step backs over anyways, with the hand in my face especially, so I got lucky. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's actually a funny story before that. Um, you know, coach always tries to, if he puts the walk-ons in, he emphasizes that it's not like garbage time and you want to play the right way and he doesn't want guys just to be jacking up shots and whatnot. And so I got in the game against Southern and uh, it was my senior year and it was kind of like, I think it was kind of midway through non-conference. So I knew it was coming up on the time where that was probably one of the last times I got in the game. And uh, we have a couple walk-ons, uh, former walk-ons on our coaching staff, and Jake Rizzuti and Dwayne Killings. And they're, uh, you know, talking to me before the game, you know, if you get in, get up a shot, get up a shot, this, this, and that. So I do get in and I, I took a shot early on when I got in and I probably wasn't the right shot at the time. I, I remember Matt Hell was a little bit open in the corner and Wojo is, they call the timeout for whatever reason. I've never been in the game where they call the timeout either, but they call the timeouts. So we're heading back to the bench and coaches tearing into me about making the right play, the extra pass. And I remember looking over our guys and just laughing and he's just ripping into me. So I was like, all right, I'm not shooting again the rest of the time. Like I'm passing, I'm not taking any more shots. And so 
I think it was probably maybe a couple possessions go by and finally I get the ball again. I'm just gonna dribble it out basically at this point. I remember seeing Matt Halep was like, no man, get a shot up, all right? Get one more shot up. Forget what he, you know, coach is just being coach. And so uh, he comes and sets that high pick and roll for me and I, I threw some stuff up and luckily it went in. And yeah, that was, one, that was a good moment for me. <laughs> That's an unbelievable story behind the scenes. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Aiden. All right, put me on the spot. Go ahead. All right. Favorite 414 restaurant? Uh, I like the Calderon Club. It's a good one. We've been there, Zach. Yep. Yeah. Next. I'm going to get Moe's a quick second. Or, uh, yeah, right on the list. Second to that. Moe's Steakhouse. Good Rubens at Moe's. Oh, wait. The Steakhouse or the Irish Pub? The Steakhouse. I'm sure you guys attend the Irish Pub a little more than I do. I go to the Steakhouse across the street, but I, I, I know as Marquette students. Oh, you guys like, That's right. Yeah, yeah. You guys might like the Irish Pub. Huh? <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to go across the street. Then. I, I was going to say, there wasn't many Rubens at the Moe's Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Friendship with the Games and Grub Podcast. Here's Hatton.